With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let the show begin. Damn. This is the Finesse Media Podcast, Season 3. Check it out. The number one show focusing on HBCU News. Hey. With guests, entertainment, and and surprise co-hosts. Put me in an awkward situation. Now, here is your host, Ken Finesse Media. This is the Finesse Media Podcast, Season 3. Greetings, everyone. My name is Shada Adams, and I am a chemistry ACS major, math minor, class of 2021, and I am serving as the 2020-2021 Miss Xavier University of Louisiana. And I just wanted to stop in and wish everyone a great episode and have a wonderful evening discussing different topics and everything. Thank you. All right, we back. Welcome back to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast, Season 3. I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media. And as I mentioned to you right before the break, I got more finesses on that's joining me this week. But this time, we're keeping it glam. We're opening up March, as we know, as a women's month, women's empowering month. And I couldn't do it without Queens. So back again, another HBCU edition of the Queens, this time with Xavier University Queens. So joining me on this podcast for the first time, welcome, I'll just say it all together, the Queens of Xavier University. How you doing, Queens? We're good. Good. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So joining me on this episode of Finesse Media Podcast, as I mentioned, the HBCU edition is first up, my queen, uh, HBCU queen from Xavier University, crown queen 2001-2002. Make some noise and show some love for Dr. Uh, Latoya Wilson. How you doing, queen? I'm doing great. Good. I was hoping I wasn't going to mess this up because, listen, I know how important your rank is and your crown is looking beautifully tonight. So thank you for rocking out with your crown. Uh, I'm going to really save the vet in the game for last. Dr. Lewis, I see you down there rocking your crown. You're looking beautifully. But coming up next is also my good friend I met through the podcasting world and through the clubhouse world, but she's also uh, a queen. Coming up next from the Xavier University queen, sorry, uh, Dr. Plenty, crowned 2004-2005 Xavier University. How you doing, queen? How you doing? I'm fabulous. How are you, Ken? I'm doing good. Look, Doc, I'm seeing you so much, I feel like we're related now. Yeah, I heard you call uh, tell the rest of the queens we're cousins. Yeah, we, and they we were cousins. like, oh yeah, that's your cousin. Like, no, y'all, that's not my cousin. <laughs> if we do some research, I bet we'll probably figure this probably thing so. out. Probably so. Probably so. Right choices by attending an HBCU, right? So we Touché. got some connection there. So thank you again, Doctor Plenty, for joining the episode and uh, check her out on her podcast. Uh, which she's doing amazing things, and we'll jump all into some of that later in this episode. But keeping it rolling with Dr. Mosley, Dr. J. Mosley, uh, another Xavier University queen, crown queen, 2010-2011. What's going on, Dr. Mosley? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much for joining. Your crown is sitting looking beautifully as well, and uh, you are glowing. I wonder why you're glowing so bright over there. Maybe we'll tap into it later in this episode, but thank you so much, Dr. Motley, sorry, for joining this podcast. And last but not least, Dr. Wilson, somewhere um, close where I'm at in Dallas, Texas, Skyline Alumni High School, but joining the podcast for the first time, she is the Xavier University Crown Queen 1998-1999. Make some noise for January, oh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> Dr. January Lewis joining the podcast. How you doing, Dr. Lewis? I'm well. Thank oh, you. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Dr. Lewis, for joining us. So as you as you guys can see, Xavier University has produced beautiful queens and continue to do that down in New Orleans, Louisiana. So we're going to get into all of that. So all of the doctors and the professional black women as we kick off this March month of madness and the women empowerment. So let's jump right into it. So Crown, the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, I had those queens on last month or a couple of months before, and we jumped all into some of the business and the triumphs and the struggles that they had to deal with with being the queen. One of the queens said, heavy is the head that wears the crown, which means it's not easy, you know, holding down the crown, being Xavier, uh, Miss Xavier University. So, Dr. Plenty, I come to you first with that question. What was it like being crowned Xavier University? Um, Miss Xavier one, University. Yes, Miss Xavier University. Yes, get it right, Ken. <laughs> Check me together, sis. Um, it was an amazing experience. I mean, um, being the voice of students on campus, um, I think it's always an honor and a privilege to represent everyone else. Um, and working with administration and student affairs, it was a great privilege. And as being Ms. Xavier, we're more than just, you know, pageantry queens. We are actually elected queens. We campaign. We run. We are about business um, of the university. And we serve as the ultimate ambassadors of the university. And we continue to do so even now as forever queens, forever Ms. Xavier's. So I think that it's, it's a great honor um, and we are definitely taken seriously by our administrators and the leaders of the university, and we are seen more so as um, almost like consultants for the students. That is amazing because when you're a queen, you're, you're definitely representing the university. Uh, you're, you're sitting on, on, you know, inside of meetings, and you're just welcoming your guests in with so much beautiful uh, and finesse, right? So, Dr. Wilson, tell me about that time when you were on campus and you saw other queens and you said to yourself, hey, I'm going to do that. What made you choose to get in your, you know, uh, heels and click them twice and say, I'm going to be the next queen crown? Um, when I first got to Xavier, I served on homecoming court on different committees, and the first Ms. Xavier that I met was Dr. January Lewis, and um, I served on her homecoming committee, I believe it was for the parade, and then um, I worked the ball my freshman year, and I remember her slogan, it stood out to me so vividly, it was endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace. And being that I am a um, very spiritual person, a preacher's granddaughter, deacon's daughter, um, I was drawn to the fact that her faith drove her in her leadership, and it was evident. Um, and so I was like, I want to do what she's doing. She was a great mentor and role model, and the rest is history. And I hope that um, we who have followed in her footsteps have made her proud. That's super amazing. So, Doc, I'm coming right to you. Look at us. I mean, that's love from another queen, right? That's how we show love, right? Love from another queen. So, Dr. Lewis, I'm coming right to you, just like the top of the year, January you are. What was that like, being crowned Xavier University? It was amazing. It was unexpected. It wasn't something that I'd ever dreamed of doing. 
I came to Xavier, you know, with a plan. I knew what I wanted to do, and to be Miss Xavier wasn't part of it. Um, I actually went into the pharmacy track, and, and and the university, most people are in the general student body, and pharmacy students are kind of way over there to the side, and everybody felt like there was a division. When they would find out I was in pharmacy school, they'd be like, wait a minute, you're one of them? I was like, what do you mean I'm one of them? I'm one of y'all. And so I actually picked the slogan that Latoya just mentioned because I was like, y'all, we all in this thing together. We got to be in here together. It doesn't matter if you're Greek or not. It doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying, where you're from. It's about the fact that it's where you're at. Mm-hmm. We as Xavier and we're going to come together. So my big thing was, you know, stop looking at how we're different and let's celebrate how we are the same. Absolutely. So I was pleased to be one of the first pharmacists, uh, pharmacy students to be crowned Ms. Xavier, um, one that was not Greek affiliated to be Ms. Xavier. And I was the first, and I think I might still be the only plus size Ms. Xavier. Oh, you got to so, stand up because I don't see no weight over there. You done I, dropped I, all that, Doc. I, I, that I did. <laughs> that <laughs> I did. So amazing time. That's cool. And as you mentioned, you know, doing something different. And with the most recent queen we have here, and shout out to Jada. Jada joined us at the top of the episode. She gave you love, which is the current Miss uh, Xavier University. So shout out to Jada. Thank you so much for, you know, giving the queen's love on this episode. Certainly don't want to miss that. But the most recent that we have live with us is Dr. Uh, Mosley. How was that when you became, you know, Miss Xavier University? What did you do different during your campaign that you saw that no other, you know, previous queen had done before? Well, to piggyback what January said, I was also one of the queens that was in pharmacy school. So that was completely different. Um, just being in my reign, learning how to balance both being in professional school as well as trying to just serve as a queen. Um, but when I started running, I really just reached out to everybody. I also am not Greek. And so I really wanted to build connections that I noticed. So reach out to every single organization. Um, every single student body and just really kind of pull them in. And I've really made the campaign fun, made everyone feel like they were a part of it. My last name, well, maiden name is Young. So I wanted everyone to feel like they were always forever young, always welcome as Xavier and always a part. So that's what I did. I think every um, Greek organization prides themselves on having a great deal of the student government association that are leaders that happen to be a member of their organization. I, um, was friends with a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life. Um, I also had the uh, challenge of having studied abroad the semester before I ran for Ms. Xavier. So um, I counted a blessing and a lot of grace that I was able to be crowned Ms. Xavier. That gave um, a testament to the depth of relationships that I had formed prior to studying abroad and the fact that I tried to be there as just, I'm a student, you're a student, we both want what's best for our careers and for our community and for the love of New Orleans. Um, and so the being a member of a Greek organization became sort of like a subplot and not the thing that defined me most. So I think that helped um, by not leading with crimson and cream. There you go. There you go. Keep, go ahead, Dr. Lewis. Can I add something to that? I have to say this. So we do have, and there's always a battle, don't get it wrong. We have the AKs one year that are Xavier. We have the Deltas the next year. But as soon as that election, those results are out there, everybody comes back together. That's one of those things you don't have to worry about. Xavier's really small, and we are a real family. So we may, you know, go back and forth like your brothers and like your sisters. But when it's time to stand up for the family, doesn't matter what colors you wear. doesn't matter where you came from. It's all of us together. So I, you know, I, I bet, like I said, I wouldn't, I didn't, I didn't. I had that Greek backing, but the love just came from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I'm that's what Dr. Wilson felt as well. 
Absolutely. And that is the cool thing about being in the HBCU. No matter where you attended your HBCU, I think we all can connect on the experience of education with the personal touch from having that experience from our professors and from our, you know, deans that saying, hey, get your butt back in class or get, you know, what you need to do to get up out of here, you know, get done what you need to have done. So that's one of the things I want to ask to Dr. Plenty. As you are on campus, as you can recall, you know, running to be Ms. Xavier University, how was that experience for you? What was that HBCU experience like, if any, did the campus for you sort of rally around your campaign, or what was that felt? What was that experience? Do you remember that emotion? Oh, I remember it. I mean, there were uh, initially four of us running at one time, Um, and of course, you're always going to have somebody that is a Delta running. You're always going to have somebody that is an AKA, and you're going to have people that basically have their own um, identity on campus, whether that's them being in the Xavier Activities Board or um, perhaps their cheerleader. So, so we had definitely people that were involved running. Um, but I definitely think that people may think, oh, you're an AKA, so all the AKAs are going to back you. That is not the case. Um, I think that, and and it's not like all, everybody that was a Delta or interested in Delta would back this, know you know, that. back the Delta. People definitely ask questions as Xavier. They want to know your platform. They want to know what you want, what you're going to do. And so for me and my campaign, I had a big campaign. And um, my thing was, if you're going to work with me on my campaign, you have to understand the vision and you have to understand the platform. So if somebody comes up and asks you, hey, what does Nicole feel about X, Y, and Z? Everybody needs to know it that's working with me. It should be like you, they're talking to me if they're talking to you. So, um, so for me, it was very well structured. It was structured. It was coached. Um, it was thorough. And I had deltas. I had AKAs. I had people that were not Greek. I had basketball players. I had cheerleaders. I had people from all different walks of life um, in, involved in different arenas on campus on my campaign. And so I, I definitely think that people ask pertinent questions and it wasn't like, a, you know, a lot of bias, like, oh, I'm interested in AKA, so I'm going to vote for her. Or I'm interested in Delta, so I'm going to vote for her. People were serious about this campaign. Um, and so it, it is very much so a serious matter when you're running for the queen. No pun intended. No pun, no pun intended. intended. <laughs> <laughs> but Dr. Motley, because you were on campus in 2010 and 2011, you graduated in 2014. So you're closely, you know, the one that I can reference. What types of things that you did, you know, when you were on campus, when you were running for, you know, the, the, queen, the queen status and that experience that you felt from your campus, was that at all effect for you at all? For sure. So actually, I'm a New Orleans native, born and raised. And the interesting thing about Xavier is we have a lot of locals that attend the university, but it's hard to find locals who are really involved in a lot of the organizations. A lot of us tend to just go to campus, go home afterwards. And so that was something um, I felt like I was missing out on the full HBCU experience when I first came in my freshman year. So that was really one of the things that I wanted to help bring, like kind of boost the morale of our local students as well as getting everyone involved. And so as I started progressing throughout the years, I started noticing, you know, campus activities. um, And that was really one of the biggest things that I ran with my platform. And I saw just that community feeling, the family, everyone at Xavier is really close, your teachers, your professors, your classmates, we're all look out for each other. A lot of my friends that I met there are now family. So that yeah. was my platform. Yeah. And, no, that's, that's, that's super amazing uh, because 
you're in a spot where technology is big and it's continuing to grow. But see, Dr. Lewis, I'm not saying that that was hundreds of years ago. But Hold up, Doc. Hold up. Wait, <laughs> let me get to it, Doc. Let me, let me get to it, Doc. I'm not saying that this a long time ago. But for you, how were you able to connect your HBCU experience with your reign and campaign, you know, doing while running, you know, as Miss Xavier University? What did you do different? Way back then, I hopped on my dinosaur. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was completely different than what you do now. I mean, it was a grassroots type effort. I mean, number one, you had to really pound the, the, the pavement to get your message out. We were actually making flyers. I remember making, man, I'm really about to date myself. I remember making flyers <laughs> on my brother word processor, yeah. okay, and, and pass them around campus, hand drawing them and having to take them to a copy machine and get copies made, cutting them up with, I mean, it was, it is nothing like it is now. And thank goodness there was no social media because I might not have gotten elected, but I'm telling you, it was amazing. But again, it was about the connections. I was there at the time where New Orleans was on the music scene. You talk about entertainment. We talking about the No Limit Soldiers. We talking about yep. gas money. Like, I mean, it was everything. So everything, there was a lot of focus on Xavier. So we would have people from all over and you had to make sure that you you knew the right people. And if you got in, t- in front of the right person, your platform just went everywhere. So I was able to make a few good connections, make some things happen. And it really was a matter of thinking outside the box. A lot of people just want to be cute. You know what I'm saying? They think that's going to pull it. No, you got to do some work, you know, to get in here. And so back then it started a legacy and it's just continued to keep going. So that's what's up. Putting in that work, putting in that work, Dr. Lewis, and that's what I want to segue to. So when you're thinking about, you know, attending a college, how did you guys, and this is to anybody, I'm just going to throw this out here, but how did you guys, you know, figure out that, okay, Xavier University is going to be my university of choice, and then now let me start to put in the work? Well, for me, it was a matter of, initially I thought I wanted to be a lawyer, and um, then I realized doing mock trial, like, I don't really... I don't really want to pick my words forever, like argue and pick my words and stay up to two o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> Cause that's what you did on, on my trial in high school. So I was like, I can't do that. And then I got nominated for the national youth leadership form of medicine and went to LA for a couple weeks. Seven of the counselor, well, seven counselors were there. Three were black. All three went to Xavier for undergrad and were in med, med school. I hadn't even heard of Xavier and I'm from Louisiana. So after that, I was like, well, let me go and look up Xavier because I think I want to do this. So then once I went uh, looked up Xavier, I was like, okay, wait a minute. So these people are number one in placing African-Americans at the med school, and they have been since 1993. So if I think I want to be a doctor and I'm black, why do I not want to go there? <laughs> so um, that was the reason that I wanted to go there because I'm like, they show and produce. They are going to get me where I need to go. And then once I got there, I realized, oh, these people are serious. So if I do the things that they tell me to do, I'm going to get to the places that I need to go. And the pre-med department is some serious stuff. You have to have your personal statement written by October of your freshman year. You need to figure out where, what you're going to do that summer by, by December, what you're going to do each summer. Um, you have to turn your grades into an advisor every week. So it is very structured, regimented, and serious. So I'm, I'm excited that I went there. I'm glad that I chose to go there. Had I not chosen to go there, I probably wouldn't be a doctor right now. Because I think that people need structure. Me coming from um, a background, um, a low socioeconomic status, um, my mom was not a college graduate, my dad died when I was 10 years old. So to not have that like professional guidance and not have people around me that were college grads, like, I, I wouldn't have known how to navigate that scene. So I'm glad that I went to Xavier. It definitely helps you navigate things. You do exactly what they tell you to do. You will go where you want to go. 
and become doctor. Yes, double board <laughs> certified doctor. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no, anyone else want to take that question about why did you choose Xavier? You know, as your college of choice. So to piggyback off of that, I actually had a little different story. I was complete. I knew I always wanted to go to an HBCU, um, but I was actually completely opposed to going to Xavier, mainly because. My mom went there. My dad went there. My know, whole family right? was the there. It was right down the street from my house. I'm like, at least I got to stay on campus or something. But I just, Xavier was not in the cards for me. And I don't know. It was just every single person that I tended to meet, tend to meet um, that were successful or that looked like me, they went to Xavier. So it was everything put in that little bug in my ear, like, this is the school that's for you. So literally, uh, last minute, I changed and decided to go to Xavier. And it was the best decision I could have ever made um, because I felt like it really set me up to put me in the career that I am now because, our, like I said, our professors really want to put you forward. We're not another number in the class. Everyone knows mm-hmm. you by name. They focus on you. They show you um, – they push you forward. They show you attention. So all of that really molded us into, I think, who I am today. So I have all of that to think for Xavier. So, Dr. Motley, as you continue to speak, I'm just hearing now your New Orleans accent. In the beginning, I did not hear it. You're going to hear it with a dead baby. Wait, hey, baby. There you go. <laughs> and, I mean, really, last month I had on some great uh, guests from New Orleans, Louisiana. Shout out to the Sweet Bells Factory. They're from where you're from. They're in Dallas, Texas, Dr. Lewis. If you didn't check them out, they're running the streets here in Dallas, Texas, and they were on a couple of episodes back. But, yeah, I love my New Orleans people. You just made me want a beignet and just good good old, you know, a good gumbo soup, like, for real, for real from Chicago, so I love food, but I want to keep this thing moving and asking you about the last thing for the Queen's range, and then I'll ask you one last professional question, but where were you when you first found out that you were crowned Miss Xavier University? Anybody? We all remember. Yeah, we all remember. Where were you at? Where were you at in that moment? It's it's surreal. I'll go first, and I have an embarrassing story. I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. So my campaign manager is Latoya's or Dr. Wilson's husband. And I I didn't expect to win. I, I'm going to tell the truth. I mean, I had given it my all. But like the day before election, somebody came out with a parade throwing beads. And they, they brought in a second line. I mean, it was going down with the Indians on the yard. And I was like, man, they got me. There's nothing else I can do. So when they announced that, I was on the yard right outside the student center. And I was nervous. You know what I'm saying? I hadn't eaten all day. I was just waiting. <laughs> and they get out there and you got, and I'm not trying to call anybody else. You got all these people up here making cat calls and doing their little, you know, whatever. And they announced, they posted those announcements. And somebody ran outside and screamed, January, January, January 1. And I started jumping. My big butt was moving. I think everybody was bouncing because I was bouncing. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Next thing I know, I got so excited. All I remember somebody grabbing my hand and being like, girl, go to the trash can. <laughs> I lost it. I love I it. Lost it. But I'm going to tell you, everybody was just so excited. So I will never forget. I was in the middle of the yard, overwhelmed with joy. And all I could do was praise God. That's what's up. Anybody else? Where were you at when you found out you got the crown? I was on the yard as well. I was hovering, but I was not brave enough to go to the first floor of the student center to look at the results. Um, I believe it was a young lady that was actually from New Orleans who had previously been in the race and stepped down, and she actually told her um, campaign committee that she was supporting my campaign going forward. And she um, went into the student center, came out, and was like, you're Miss Xavier. And I was like, no. And she was like, you are. And so she took the paper off of the wall 
and showed it to me, and we just hugged and cried and hugged. And I thanked her for her support. Um, I'm like, I know it was challenging for you because she had some life circumstances that were going on to step down, and you didn't let your detour stop you from sharing in true friendship, and we just hugged and cried. It was beautiful. That's what's up. Real sisterhood. I love it. I love it. I love it. Dr. Plenty, where were you? Studying? No, I was not studying. I was really a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the second floor of the student center um, at that time, and I was um, getting ready to help with another event. And I was trying to stay busy. I was staying busy at that time because <laughs> I didn't want to be disappointed. I was around all these people, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep it together. I'm not going downstairs. I'm not going to see it, it being posted, I'm just going to keep on working. And uh, Dean Alcorn walks in and she goes, oh, you're not going to go celebrate? And I said, celebrate what? And she said, well, you must know you won. And I said, well, I hope so. But, you know, I haven't gone and looked yet. She was like, we posted them over an hour ago. Oh, and wow. I said, well, I guess I should call somebody and see if I won. And she was like, oh, yeah, go call somebody because I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you. So she she basically was the person that told me while I was working. Um, and it was exciting. It was exciting. I was trying to keep it together because in my head I was like, if I don't win, you know, you win some, you lose some. This is not going to break you if you lose. So mm -hmm. stay focused. But then, of course, I went celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I told you you were doing something like work. You said you were focused on something. You were working. You were still working. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Motley, where were you? So I'm actually like a stress eater. <laughs> <laughs> you my people. We might be, we might be the cousins. <laughs> yeah. So like whenever I'm under stress or I'm waiting on a result or something, my first thing was to go eat. So there was a Popeye's right down the street, but I did not want to be on campus when the news came out. So my friends and I loaded up in the car, went to Popeye's. When we got back, my phone was like blowing up and I was scared to answer it because I just knew it was bad news. And then when I got back, everybody's like, so are you like hiding? Do you know? And I was like, no, what? And Dean Ridgel at the time was like, you won. And I was like, I won. And it was just kind of like a celebration after that. But I really stepped off of campus because I was just didn't think I had won. Popeyes is a good distraction. Are you kidding me? Oh, I definitely wouldn't be thinking about nothing else. Uh, <laughs> that apple pie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but did you know that they took away the Cajun rice? I have. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I not know that. Missed, but the Cajun rice, for sure. It's crazy. So they took away the Cajun rice. But what they haven't took away is y'all crowns. Again, thank y'all so much for wearing them and shining them to uh, our audience tonight. But y'all continue to not wear the crowns on campus. You continue to wear the crowns outside of campus. And what I like to say on this podcast, finesse the game. So as I've been saying to each of you and addressing you by such, because titles for me is definitely earned. Doctor, 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 you have continued to finesse the game off campus. So talk to our listeners, and I'll go with you, uh, Dr. Lewis, here, because uh, I, I believe in protocol. So, Dr. Lewis, I'll go to you first. What are you doing professionally? Because, Dr. Lewis, we definitely want to know. No worries. So after I received an amazing education um, at Xavier, not only did it prepare me to succeed professionally, but it taught me the game. It taught me about balance. If you can study pharmacy, you know what I'm saying? And go through that that very difficult program while still maintaining in New Orleans with really no legal drinking age, you can take on the world. 
So I came out with an attitude where I knew how to work with people, not based on what they could do for me, but what I could do for them. And so with a heart of service and a mind of, you know, being able to go forward and offer and, and just let the Lord bless me however he may, I was able to, to I'm not going to say master, but I was able to succeed in 20 years in healthcare administration mm. before I retired at the age of 40. I opened up my own strategic consulting business, and now my job is to teach other people the game. I specialize in small businesses, um, making sure that people get a hand up, because like, you know, Nicole was talking about, we all don't have somebody we can look to, look to to be able to learn the game. That's what I do. I teach folks the game. And keep finessing the game, Dr. Lewis. Thank you so much. And Dr. Wilson, what are you doing professionally? I um, have been in public health my entire career. I am a general dentist by uh, profession, and I began working in federally qualified health centers in St. Louis um, at the time that Missouri decided not to expand Medicaid for adults. And so I spent my first four years of dentistry helping patients walk through making tough choices, um, many patients helping them find resources, not just I'm working on your tooth, I'm all in your business talking about everything. We're going to get you housing, we're going to get you job training, we're going to get your lights on. And at the time, I was a member of the Urban League Young Professionals. I'm out of that demographic now. But <laughs> we would work with the Urban League to find resources for our patients, and that just became my passion, um, public health. And after I left the um, Qualified Health Center, my former professor, who actually wrote my pediatric dentistry uh, book <laughs> that I made him sign when I graduated from dental school, was like, hey, you know, we're hiring at the local pediatric hospital. We're trying to plan our outreach program where we go out into schools and find kids who are in the holes where they're not high enough above the poverty line to fully pay for their services, but then um, also kids who are new to the country who have provisional Medicaid, which covers medical but not dental. So we raise money. We go do comprehensive care. We make sure that um, when they come back, they're cavity-free, and we graduate them into dental homes. And that has been my ministry now, is to eradicate pediatric health disparities, oral health disparities. Um, and that is all because of Xavier. I think Dr. Carpenter used to instill in us, he's like, first of all, read Time Magazine cover to cover. So that when you go on your interview, ask you about current events and not just whatever you're focused on your profession. You don't say ignorant things and embarrass us. <laughs> Savior. Um, but then also he's like, you're going to make money. Be more than just somebody who made money. Do something within your community. And that has just been the banner for me that I'm like, I don't want to fail Provitas Repster, who's a pre-med advisor now, and Dr. Carmichael, because I'm going to do a segue, a shameless book for Xavier. I did not realize that my entire time in Xavier, I was taking cap on cap classes to prepare me to enter into medical school, pass MCAT, or to pass the DAT. We met with our advisors every week. We did modules and we had drills and labs, and they were basically like this free training ground. We didn't even realize it. So that you are prepared to pass the MCAT when people pay great money, hundreds of dollars to prepare for these type of tests. Xavier gave it to us because that was them sowing the seed into That's us. Dope. That is dope. And I just felt obligated to pay it forward. That's dope. That's dope. Shout out to Xavier, man. That's what I love about our HBCUs. They really prepare us. Uh, Dr. Lewis is throwing up the X. It's, X it's, you. <laughs> so that's what it is. Our HBCUs, they're, they're, they're our, you know, our breeding grounds. And you can't be in any corporate office uh, and not look to your right or left and know that somebody attended an HBCU. I was in the conference uh, last week with my company and 
one person said, I had no idea, um, you know, about an HBCU until I guess it was something that they had saw on TV. And I'm like, oh, Kamala Harris, right? So I'm like, yeah, it's uh, an HBCU, Historically Black College. And my uh, willingness very so much to give that information on that call. It left so many people wow. So that's what I'm saying. And then what my also point was that it was so many who pe- so many people came off me like, yeah, I attended this school. It's a historically black college. And people were just like, wow, who didn't know? I was like, oh, I didn't know. So each and every time I'm able to enter a room and talk about my experience in an HBCU and particularly the professional uh, professionals that grow out of it, I'm happy to do that. So with that being said, let's keep it rolling to the my right. Dr. Plenty, what are you you're doing professionally that's kicking butt um well i don't know if it i'm kicking no pun butt, intended but <laughs> with the butt <laughs> uh, i am a double board certified OBGYN and maternal fetal medicine specialist which means that i take care of moms that have high risk complications in pregnancy such as hypertension diabetes they may have cancer a stroke heart attack um, and other issues in pregnancy or they may have COVID 19 and be in the icu i would be treating those moms um, during their pregnancy, and I also diagnose um, fetal anomalies, so diagnose babies with heart defects and brain defects and things like that, and have and um, compile treatment plans um, for those babies. Um, so that is what I do in my daytime job. Um, I'm in Houston, Texas, practicing there. I have an office in uh, downtown with Obstetrics Medical Group of Houston, as well as an Katy location as well. I live in Katy, so I'm primarily there. Um, on the side, I also, of course, how I know you can is through podcasts. So um, the pandemic has really heightened a lot of things. And so uh, during the pandemic, two good things that came out of it is one, um, Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations podcast, a friend of mine and I um, decided to start as a way to basically get each other through the pandemic and talk about what's going on in society. And with that, we decided to partner and raise funds for different health initiatives. So um, we have joined forces with um, other organizations. Um, Our first vision board party is Friday. We've joined um, forces with One Hope Wine um, to raise money for the Black Women's Health Imperative. Um, And then we'll also be raising money for the March of Dimes. So um, Janine and I want to find ways to give back to the community, and that's how we give back to the podcast. I also have another podcast called Pregnancy Pearls with Dr. Plenty, uh, which is started, started out as a YouTube channel, and now it's a podcast as well as a YouTube channel. Um, and I wanted to find a way to help people navigate safely through pregnancy and beyond pregnancy, um, because as you know, Ken, black and brown women are more likely to yeah. suffer complications and or die during the pregnancy. And so I wanted to be a resource for those women and advocate for them to tell them what questions they should ask, what they should be looking out for in their pregnancy, how to optimize their care prior to pregnancy to decrease their complications afterwards. And then I also do some things with the American Medical Association, um, basically uplifting women, uplifting women um, as the Women Physicians Section Governing Council um, alternate delegate there, um, basically creating resolutions so that we can go lobby um, Congress to help get things implemented, like uh, prolonged insurance coverage for postpartum care and things yeah. like that. Um, I'm very passionate about those things. I'm very passionate about women's health, um, especially for black and brown women, um, so that we can be here longer for our babies. Yeah, no, absolutely. As you mentioned and, and, and noted, the I, a lot of studies I had to kind of unpack it and research with my wife. We had three kids, and so each pregnancy was different. You know, we had some scares there, and it was just the care for her. So that's why we, you know, elected for our last child to have it at home 
because I mean, Doc Lewis, we had our child at Baylor, Lewis, Baylor Dallas. You know, you know that hospital. You know, a very you know prestigious hospital, but it's still just kind of that uneasiness as a black woman. My wife said this going in for the third time, so she did just she didn't want to do it. So we kind of got some private care and done it at home. So and as you also mentioned, the podcast, absolutely. I think the way that HBCUs connect us in so many different ways, it's amazing. And so just meeting, you know, Janine, shout out to her because she's sent a couple people onto my podcast <laughs> to talk about their HBCU experience. So, Janine, I know you're watching this, so thank you so much for doing that and being you. And with my last queen, Dr. Motley, please tell us and our listeners, what are you doing professionally? So I graduated pharmacy school in 2014, and I have been practicing since. I currently live in a, a suburb of Miami, Florida, Pembroke Pines, where I am a transitions of care pharmacist, meaning that um, when patients are getting discharged from home or any type of facility from the hospital, I review their medications for drug appropriateness, doses, access to medications which is one of the biggest things that I got, or one of the biggest reasons that I got into transitions of care. I used to be in the community as well, and I noticed a lot of patients, especially people like my grandma who may have diabetes, are struggling to afford their $300 insulin prescription every month. Mm -hmm. And so I have a lot of patients who leave the hospital and then come back in 30 days later or less than because they couldn't afford their medication. So I really help them on that side, making sure that things are covered, um, I also serve as a preceptor for upcoming pharmacy students, and on the side, as well as um, in my job, I make I help students with their resumes. I noticed one of the big things at Xavier was that when we were applying for jobs, they made sure that our CVs and our resumes were very polished. They taught us simple things like what to wear to an interview, how to answer an interview question, and I noticed that a lot of students who may not go to an HBCU. Um, who came to me as a student didn't know those simple things. I would ask them to send me their CV and no one had reviewed it for them. Mm. So I really took up an interest in helping students build their resumes, build their CVs and prepare them for the career path as well. That's what's up. Giving back, giving back as you guys continue to do as queens leading the community. Man, thank you, Queen, so much for joining this episode. I got one round-robin question, and I ask each of you if you can take 30 seconds, and it may be a short ask based off the question, but if you can just keep it to 30 seconds. Each and every week on the Finesse Media Podcast, I ask my finessers, which are you? You know, who's finessing the game for you? So who's that person professionally or personally you say that's finessing the game for you? Dr. Lewis, I come right back to you for the first answer. I want to defer. I want us to go backwards this time. We're going to go backwards. We'll keep it rolling. Dr. Wilson, tell us. Um, who's finessing the game for me would be my husband. Um, we're in the trenches digging for the same goals together. Um, he's very supportive, very open, and very much so um, the will of the people is the law of the land. And so I'd like to be partnered with someone who is there for others. That's what's up. Dr. Motley, who's finessing the game for you personally or professionally? I'm going to have to use the toy's answer as well. Y'all playing the house. safe. That's what I'm talking about, though. I can't be mad, though, as a I'm husband. Your husband. I'm, I'm, ladies. I'm a Motley. So actually, uh, my husband and I actually met through HBCU at NASAP, and ever since then, he has been, like, one of my inspirations. He's always giving back he's hustling he's doing everything he can to take care of his family so gotta love it gotta respect it that's what's up that's what's mm -hmm. up all right dr lewis you ready who's in the game for you to be last okay so i was gonna i was trying to go last on purpose i'm gonna tell you who's, who's finessing the game for me 
my fellow queens, all the members of the other Miss Davy group. When I tell you we get together and celebrate our wins, we got so many things coming up. They finessing the game like you wouldn't believe. We have a new episode. I'm gonna go ahead and plug it. Call plug it, plug it, plug it, plug it. The CEO stands for Crown, educated and on the rise. It is all of our queens and what they're doing professionally, personally, and to make a difference. We are taking what Xavier gave us and we pouring it back. And my fellow queens are finessing the game. That's what's up. That's what's up. So Dr. Plenty, she put some weight on you. You got to follow that. She did put some weight on me. We should edit that and let her go last. So, of course, everybody's plugged their husband. Yeah, my husband's finessing the game, too. He's grinding, too. But I do want to um, make sure I give a shout-out to all the black professional doctors um, out there. I think that doctors on social media are finessing the game. I think I haven't seen so many young, black, educated women put themselves out there to educate the community um, ever before. So I think that black doctors, Nicole Sparks is finessing the game. Dr. Jade is finessing the game. I mean, there's so many black doctors using their platforms for good. So um, so I think that, yeah, we all finessing it. That's what's up. And you are all finessing it. So, ladies, the queens, Miss Xavier University Queens, thank you so much for joining this episode of Finesse Media Podcast, the HBCU edition, season three. Thank you so much for kicking this thing off for our Women's Month. And you've been listening to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast, season three. I'm your host, Ken Finesse Media, and I'll see you next week with something brand new. Peace. Xavier is a school of excellence. Xavier builds leaders. And not only that, Xavier builds well-rounded leaders. Everyone here is trying to be the best that they can, and that's why they came to Xavier. It's not too big. It's not too small. Um, I don't need a bus to get to the other side of campus, which I knew I wasn't going to work well with. This school is great because it's placed in New Orleans, which is a huge melting pot in itself. And, you know, Xavier really prides himself on community and community service, so we're often going out into the community. So we see people of all races. We see people of all social classes. The one thing that really brought me to this university was the family atmosphere. We're a family here, we're a community. You find your closest friends, and most importantly, they help you find yourself. So it would be an opportunity not only for you to get a great academic ground in a school that's actually quite rigorous and quite prestigious, and then still have fun in the city of New Orleans. This has been another edition of the Finesse Media Podcast. Join us again next week for the latest news from HBCU. Special guest. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh. 